0: Thank you, Shirley. That's really very encouraging because that's exactly, I think, you know, what the intention is of this gathering to help us to find the place between despair and reactivity, the place where a true response can emerge, you know, if we don't drown in either extreme. And that's actually, you know, what the Buddha's path is all about, isn't it? That's why it's called the middle way. It's it's pretty easy, you know, to understand, but it's not easy to practice in that way and be in a, in a turmoil and all of what gets triggered, you know. And last Wednesday, when we have been doing a practice together which is called collective witnessing. And, you know, we... We're paying attention and and turning towards, opening towards what had just started in the Middle East. And it's getting, you know, it's getting more and more entangled and there's more and more mud, you know, getting thrown up and all of the unresolved issues over a long, long time, you know, which haven't been digested because there was... Not the resourcing possible, you know. So it's, and then when we turn towards such huge places of suffering, then we are coming to the edge what we can stay conscious to as well, you know, and what we, what we do experience is that our systems also go into numbing and go into um, dissociation. If we are opening to such a harsh, uh, polarization, you know, environments where such harsh polarization is taking place, then that discord triggers our own traumas. Of course, you know, of discord we have experienced either in the family or in some other uh, situation. And, you know, what we experienced uh, when we were growing up, you know, is the most deep seated probably, you know, some early trauma. And then our system also responds with dissociation and numbing. And, and I think this is exactly where we need to start, you know, to try to stay conscious to that natural response of numbing and dissociation and not label it as a dysfunction, but actually as a, as a, fu- as, a as a protective function, you know, which was the only thing we could do at that time, because we were either very young or or very unresourced or both, and and dissociating or numbing was the right thing to do because nothing else was possible then. So I think, you know, our practice has to focus on that first, you know, if we open up to such big big um, issues as what's going on in the Middle East right now. And uh, you know, this numbness and dissociation is experienced as a a disconnection or a lack of continuity and then we are not really here any longer. We, We just, you know, kind of pull away and experience like a sense of fragmentation and kind of being, being quite ungrounded, you know, and, and feeling like there is like an invisible wall between me and maybe what I'm reading about or what I see in the news, or sometimes it can also be experienced, you know, in, in inside of the family or with some very close uh, people we are having, uh, you know, um, A real life uh, relationship with. And then we kind of feel like we are outside of this, but not in a way as an observer, but more as, you know, feeling, um, feeling, you know, not quite in contact. And that's something, you know, we can become conscious of. To just be conscious of the numbness and be conscious of that sense of fragmentation that in itself is also a practice you know if that's what's happening then this is what we need to be aware of this is what we need to try to get close to and understand you know in the true sense of the word to really stand under it that's the the first noble truth is to really know what is happening without judgment that is just a valid experience like anything else you know experiencing anger, experiencing greed, experiencing numbness, experiencing joy, whatever it is. It's just another experience and it's as valid as any other experience. And I think that's something which needs to be pointed out, you know. At least I needed to have it pointed out because... I didn't see it as that, you know. I saw it more like as a mistake, which I was doing, you know, because I couldn't handle it or something like that. And now, you know, I understand it as an intelligent response of, of my system, you know, when there is overwhelm to protect itself from completely being overwhelmed and, and fragmenting. And now I just said, okay, this is just, you know, an evolutionary function, you know, which has helped us, you know, to stay alive. But then, you know, we need to stop and slow down and take an interest what has been dissociated from and, and take the time, you know, to digest it and Find the support to be able to digest it. And I think a group, a group like ours, you know, is, is a group where we can together acknowledge it, you know, that when we are seeing some of those images, some early unresolved trauma packets in our own psyches and bodies, you know, get triggered. And then we feel like we pull away. And then we can see that, you know, in our whole, society we can see that why do people you know hear about the climate uh, crisis and they just say okay i'm just like let's have a cup of tea now you know and being being neither kind of distressed nor really interested this is because the numbing has set in and it's not uh, a surprise you know because the whole climate uh Crisis. And it's considered to be such a huge, it's even a huge subject in one way than what's going on in the Middle East right now, because nobody is exempt. And that's that's called like a what's called a hyper object. A hyper object which everybody is involved in. We are also involved in we driving cars, you know, I'm using a computer right now. We couldn't even connect without being part of the system. And this is why it is so so difficult to relate to it. And this is why, you know, numbing is, is a natural response. But we can uh, become aware of it. And then we just need to start where we are. You know, if we are doing that's what's happening, then let's start there. You know, let's just start there and know that it couldn't be otherwise. You know, as long as we haven't really worked out most of our trauma, that's how we're going to respond. But as soon as we are starting, you know, to become conscious of it, we can free up that energy. I mean, she's caught in those patterns. We can slowly but surely, you know, free it up through grounding ourselves. And then... You know, embracing what's happening in the moment and slowly but surely, you know, digest it. And I think doing that together is so much easier. Because there tends to be like this inbuilt judgment, you know, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I should be already further along the path and all of those things. But then, you know, if we see and hear that everybody is, is struggling with that. We understand, now that's just part and parcel why we got to that point, you know, of having so much unresolved stuff under the surface and then it explodes out here and there when causes and conditions come together. So the, the numbness was a protection from overwhelm and is not a dysfunction, it's a function. And we can take an interest in that function and that's what we are doing here and it's important you know not to override the awkwardness of that function not to override it but respect it respect it as an intelligence when nothing else is available it's an intelligent response you know like animals also when they're overwhelmed they play dead or they freeze you know they just drop on the ground and and that's kind of what we are doing. I mean, we are not fainting, obviously we are still there, you know, but we are going in that direction of just closing down because that, what else to do? We could also just get drunk or take drugs or what, you know, but I think, you know, we already recognize that that's not the way forward. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. So we need to slowly but surely, you know, melt, melt the capacities, open them up through slowly but surely, you know, going into what's called the stretch zone, but not going into the panic zone. You know, there's these three zones, comfort, stretch and panic. And we don't want to be constantly in the comfort zone or go into the panic because that's not helpful. But we want to be in that stretch zone together you know, where we're allowing more life into consciousness. And for that, we need to slow down and attune to our response. Not with a sense of judgment, but with curiosity and kindness. And then slowly more and more capacity is freed up, you know, so that we can truly resonate with what is happening in the Middle East, or what's happening with the climate crisis. And then from that capacity to resonate more, a, re- a response arises, you know. And so, you know, we can't just go in with the sledgehammer and just take care of it like, you know, the old Hero image, you know, like Rambo or somebody like that, you know, yeah, great, has huge muscles and all of that stuff. That's not going to do the job, you know, that's just repeating the same thing again and again. And it's a very different, you know, hero, which we need to be this inner activism, you know, to really meet our emotional response and not kind of. Say to some big guy, you know, that he should just kind of take out the machete and go and cut it all out. You know, it's not going to happen. It's it's not going to work. It's a very different hero quality we need the quality of drawing close, you know, drawing close to discomfort without kind of immediately reacting. But Cultivating responsefulness or responsibility, the ability to respond by not being afraid from of emotions. You know, that's not very Rambo-like, I suppose, you know, and it's it's like a new way of attuning and a willingness, you know, to be in the mess together. And that's you know why I like to have. This meeting with all of us together because being in the mess alone is really very scary, you know. But being in the mess together and seeing everybody, you know, contributing by just taking the pains, you know, of, of sitting in it, not collapsing, but just, you know, snail tempo going forward together, I think that's it, you know, the earthworm practice, that's how it's called actually, because that's what it is you know, it's not a very glorious um, image of an earthworm, you know, but it's a very thorough and a very humble and surrendering process and I brought the uh, A quote from the Tao Te Ching, which I really love, and I might have shared it already, but I shared again. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? And that doesn't mean you're not doing anything, but the outer activism is based on an inner activism. On this, you know, deep understanding that if we're just gonna hack away at the symptoms, we're just gonna repeat the same thing over and over again. And how long will it take? I don't know. I mean, nobody knows how long it's going to take, but eventually it will become clear what the next step is. Because we don't want to repeat, you know, this trauma repetition compulsion this is exactly what we need to go underneath that you know and that we can only do together because it's a whole civilization you know which is based on that hacking at the symptoms you know hacking at the symptoms hacking at the symptoms you know, reacting from an understanding that we are separate from the planet and that we need to extract more out of it in order to be safe. And that there isn't enough for everyone and that we can see what's happening in the Middle East. You know, that's the same mindset. And the repetition compulsion of that what has been done, you know, to one group in the past is now inflicted upon another group in the present and it's it's very tragic to see that you know I can you know we can see it in ourselves how we do that in a small way but a whole country can do that to another country and I think you know if that is more fully understood it can help us to be more capable to find wise and compassionate responses which are opening up a new narrative for us, you know, from which we can respond rather than react. So please, you know, let's just try to drop into the body. You know, and noticing how that feels, you know, if we get a kind of an inkling of what a huge work that is, what a huge inner work that is, which we are not becoming slowly more conscious as a, Species. You know, where we can see what's going on in the Middle East. I mean, it has been going on since thousands of years, you know, with sword and fire trying to destroy the enemy. And how we also have those energies in our own systems, you know. And that burning, you know, which is very uncomfortable to contain and to hold which is so you know is such a knee jerk reaction to just project it out and act out from that rage or despair or whatever it is and just getting rid of that energy back. you aggression either aggression towards others or aggression towards ourselves depending on where we are at and there's a middle way you know there is a the middle way is to just experience the burning in in the body probably and you know, somewhere in the solar plexus you know that wanting to get rid of it at all costs because it's so painful and it feels so wrong, you know. And somebody needs to be at fault here because otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be so painful. There's some kind of weird association going on, you know, between painful and wrong and somebody must be at fault. Either it's me or someone else. And in reality, what it is, it's, it is just burning. It's not right or wrong. It's just burning. Like fire quality, fire element quality. The heat of that friction. And it's not wrong, you know, we need fire. It's one of the five elements. There is no life on this planet without fire element. So, you know, just bringing the whole situation down to its very basic ingredients. Like a body, human body, animal body, made of the elements. And then that one element is particularly triggered to it you know, gets alive, flares up. And and we don't want it. And we think it's wrong, it should go away. And and somebody must be at fault. And then, you know, if we have the patience to just go there, be there, no need to do anything, you know, maybe some images come up you know, from what you saw in the media. You know, especially the children, you know, which have nothing to do with all of this. The, the absolute foolishness and craziness, you know, of involving all of those children in in this nonsensical fighting. It just boils down to the experience of those elements, you know, going out of balance. And, you know, and and uh, we won't get around training ourselves to really being able to see what's truly happening, you know, under the surface. Otherwise, we're never going to evolve as a species. It's not a luxury, you know, to do this work. It's It's absolutely basic. This inner activism, which prepares us for the true outer activism. So, you know, we are building in this capacity to connect with our experience. And, And through that, you know, experiencing it in ourselves, wisdom and compassion are the result of that. You know, personal experience understood is wisdom and compassion. Because we know how hard it is. You know, we are sitting in a relative... ...supported conditions, you know, in our living rooms or wherever we are sitting. Imagine you're being in you know forced to with hundreds of thousands of other people march away from your homes, not knowing where you're going, carrying what you can, carrying your children and sick people and old people. It's just absolute chaos. And how difficult it is to stay conscious to what we are able to stay conscious to in this moment. And seeing another you know, deep interconnectedness with everything, what's going on on the planet, we can't really extract ourselves from all of this. We are part of it. And we have a responsibility to not turn away from it. and really sensing the depth of the activation because we are also part of that human family of course we are impacted we can't If we are separating ourselves from it, we are shutting down, numbing. If that's the only response we can do, then that is it. That is okay too. Then we can just be aware of that. Taking an interest. And then with the in-breath, you know, we can use the sentence, you know, which is the classic sentence for compassion. May all beings be free from harm and the intention to harm. The out-breath, relaxing into the spaciousness. May all beings be free from harm and the intention to harm. And with the impress, you know, tasting how that feels when um, the heart is in this quality of compassion and with the outpress you know, allowing it to spread out throughout our own bodies and then beyond without any pressure. And then, you know, maybe slowly, slowly we can sense how the burning, you know, starts to open up. The systems cooling down and becoming a little bit more spacious. When it's ready, not because we are shutting down on it, but because we are allowing it to be a natural part of transformation, like a compost heap. You know, there's there's a time when there's when it's really hot, it can get very hot in such a heap. And that's the part of the process of composting of the old stuff. You know, even pieces of wood and everything is in there needs to go through that process. That's the way how nature works. We are not exempt from that. But trusting that intelligence. Not trusting our need for comfort. There's some basics we do need, but we don't need to be constantly having it our way. That really weakens us deeply. May all beings be free from harm and the intention to harm. And allowing the compassion to radiate from the heart, you know, throughout our own bodies and then beyond, all around, above and below. Sitting in an orb of compassion which comes from understanding rather than from judgment. May all beings be free from harm and the intention to harm. And as uh, the whole, you know, climate crisis and this other political crisis, you know, starting to meet, we really see that we need to do things differently. We don't have externally any space to move anymore. It needs to be the inner work which can help us, you know, with a way through this and a way forward. A way deeper under the surface of symptoms into a new narrative about who we are. Because there's no way to go you know, to fantasizing about going to Mars is, is ridiculous. And we need to live here. Our bodies are made of the same elements as the planet. They are the planet. This is the work. This is where the Buddha was touching the earth, you know, in the night of his awakening. He had done his work. And it looks like, you know, part of our species is starting to wake up to that same truth. It needs to happen here within the limitations of where we are right now. By going deeper. By slowing down. by taking an interest in what comes to us through the cracks of the old narrative breaking up. Okay, No, there's any isolated being or country or group to be blamed for anything. It's always a whole network. It's our bodies, you know, um, made of stardust. It's all deeply interconnected. And this mystery, you know, wants to be understood more at this point, that is where we are experiencing so much pressure, so that we are forced to look, look differently. Because there's no more Physical place to go. It needs to be internal, where the way forward the responses can be found. And then from that place we can experience the capacity to respond, responsibility. You know, for the last few minutes, we can invite blessings, you know, from our ancestors, all of those who have gone before us, you know, the ones we received the teaching from, handed down from Shakyamuni Buddha until today, and our family ancestors. Also, animal and plant ancestors, mineral ancestors, all that which has come together to allow us to be here today. And, you know, to have these bodies, these biocomputers which have been developed over four billion years. We can use them, we can help to develop them further and pass them on to the next generation's You know, as we are sitting in the fire of transformation for our own benefit and for the benefit of all sentient beings.